Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Side Hustles and Stuff Podcast, episode 64. My name is Yuri, and I am joined by Keishi. Hey, Yuri. How are you today? I'm doing okay. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. As I mentioned to you the other day, um, I ordered a bunch of fake Pokemon cards. It's been resolved. You ordered fake Pokemon cards? How? Yeah, so, so I saw this. There's this set that I always wanted to get. Mm-hmm. It's really expensive. And then I saw it for a really good price. So I was like, oh, this this sounds a bit suspicious but at the same time all right maybe like it's it's an english one and i found it on japanese sites so i was like oh maybe these guys really just somehow got hold of it and and don't know its worth mm-hmm. so i ordered it and then after i ordered it i googled how to spot a fake pokemon card set kind of thing okay and, and, and indeed turns out it was fake so i bought two boxes from two different sites for like 200 and 150 bucks or something and um yeah on one of the two sites it still wasn't chipped so i just submitted a cancellation order and it was canceled successfully so i should be getting my money back next week in my account and then the other one it was actually already shipped but i messaged the guy i'm like hey this seems like it's fake and and the guy's like oh i didn't know let Mm. me email it was for mercari let me email them and see if they can cancel it Mm -hmm. and that's been canceled as well so as soon as the cards get back to him i should be getting my money back so do these guys know that it's fake they're selling fake stuff so that's what I'm not sure about. Um, my wife thinks they know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, but at the same time, um, yeah, thinking about it, I'm I, I'm pretty sure they know, and I'm pretty sure they're they're. Um, I'm 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 not sure I would call, call it an outright scam, but mm-hmm. but again, they're presenting it as as this set, and it's and it's a fake. I, I guess you can call it a scam. Okay, <laughs> and it's, it's funny because it's Pokemon cards. You know, like I know I know there are much more serious scams going on out there. But it's funny that it's 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 it happens with Pokemon cards. You're trying to buy a nice set. How much were these? Yeah, they were like two hundred and hundred and fifty bucks. But normally they go for like seven hundred. So, oh wow. I mean, I mean, thinking about it, I should have googled the um the how to spot a fake video before I actually hit the buy button. So so that's yeah. that, that was stupid from my side. And and again, I guess everything that that um kind of starts getting money in it um th- there's bound to be fakes and there's bound to be scammers and. Like once people start selling cardboard that's sold normally for $50 for, for hundreds of dollars, I guess you can safely assume there's going to be some people trying to to make their own fakes and, and make some quick bucks out of it. Yeah, it sounds like... On, uh, on my end, um, there was a... I think years back, I was trying to buy this copywriting book called Breakthrough Advertising. And on Amazon, it, you know, it was sold for like a hundred and something bucks. I think 190 something dollars. I yeah. think. I could be wrong. Maybe a little more, a little less than that. I feel like it was a little more than that. Um, so I bought it and then I received it. And then what I received was a printout in like <laughs> kind of bind it together. And the, the printout had like typos in it. So, you know, I Googled around for it. I guess someone found the PDF of it, like a rip off, ripped off PDF. Yeah. That somehow had like, I don't know, odd formatting where letters were missing. And like, it was the same exact one. Yeah. So I figured this guy just, you know, found that PDF, uh, went through the hard work of making it physical <laughs> and sold it as a real book. And that's what kind of happened. Um, I mean, of course, I used it. And then like once I found like the and actually the thing is with this specific book is that it's um it's in very limited production. And I think there's there was one person that owns the rights to it and yeah. they put it on sale like once a year, twice a year. But this is before I knew of like, you know, who who's actually selling it. And Amazon had like copies of the book as much as like a thousand bucks or 900 bucks. So I thought it was cool. Maybe it's a good steal. <laughs> I could at least get it for that much less. Um, but yeah, so I ended up getting that. Of course, I ended up buying the real thing and I have the real thing from the guy that um, produces it, Brian Kurtz, the yeah. marketer, who owns the right to, rights to it. Although I did get the book with the cover 
printed upside down, so I can't read this book in public. <laughs> I have to use like a what are those called book covers? So like yeah. And just in case people think I'm reading a book upside down, it's no, it's the, the cover was printed upside down. <laughs> That's good. You're, you're just practicing your brain. Yeah. Exercising. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think this is um like with, with, with how easy it is to sell things on the internet and with how many of these things that are kind of rare um, there are out there, you, you got to be careful, I think. Yeah. Especially if, if it's in, you know, anything that can be duplicated online, whether it's like images, music, movies, text, it's probably bound to be, rep- I, even software, you know, so even software is uh, up for grabs. Yeah, exactly. Everything. I mean, I, yeah. I, you could so, you could also say with 3D printing, <laughs> even physical objects will are um, up for up for grabs as well. Yeah. yeah and, and, and the other thing that was kind of surprising to me was, so I emailed the Merc- Mercari um, customer support. I'm like, hey, I ordered from this guy. I ordered this and it seems like it's fake. Can you please cancel it? And I also emailed the guy himself. And like the guy was like, okay, no problem. I'll refund your money and cancel this order. But Mercari yeah. is like, oh, it is our normal policy not to allow refunds and and um and returns unless both sides agree and i'm like that's weird yeah that, that's weird because like there's somebody promoting fakes on your side and your policy is to just be like huh, whatever it's like unless unless the guy that's potentially trying to scam someone agrees to refund you um bad luck yeah what if the guy disagrees like nope i disagree yeah it's, it's weird uh, that is an odd approach i thought the customer is king in japan yeah, I think that that's the hard thing for these platforms that are kind of, they present themselves as just the, the platform and not kind of the middleman. Mm. And it's it's the same with Facebook, right? Like with all these yeah. political things and fake news and stuff like that, they're like, oh, we're just the middleman. We're uh, we're not the middleman, we're just the platform. But like, are you really, it, or are, are people definitely... trusting the information because it's branded Facebook or do it's, people trust the store because it's brand Mercari? It's definitely like, you know, they're trying to keep their hands clean. It's, it's such a weird defense be like, hey, I know this content is on my site and people are posting it through my site, but I don't, I don't take ownership of it yet. It's a thing that I it, 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 that enables this to happen. Yeah. It's such a strange defense to me. Yeah, it's it's, it's weird. And I, I guess that's what happens when you when you have teams of lawyers and essentially you're trying. Because again, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of bad stuff happening on, on Facebook. I'm sure there's a lot of scams and like fakes and stuff like that being sold on Mercari. Mm-hmm. And I guess for them, it's easier just to... Essentially, just to try to get rid of as much of the liability for that as, as possible. Yeah, which which is understandable, but also a bit um concerning, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess are you still in the market for Pokemon cards? Oh yeah, it, it was a good lesson, especially now that I know that I get the money back. Yeah. Right. I, I'll, I'll so, be more careful the next time. Do you have a drink for today, Pokemon aside? Yeah, I've got Kagome um, Shine Mascot Smoothie. Okay, so it's the smoothie. Smoothie. I think it's got a bunch of vegetables, a bunch of fruits, and the main flavor is supposed to be Shine Mascot, which is a really nice type of Japanese green grape. Mm, those go for like twenty bucks or thirty bucks at stores. Yeah, I think the cheaper ones are. I've, I've got one for ten. Yeah, I think Japan is some really top-notch grapes. Yeah. Like you know, people will be shocked at the prices, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm really excited because I also ordered some from for the um, Furusato Noze where you can donate your money and for tax and stuff back. Yeah. So I think I have a, a kilo of, of Shine Mascot coming sometime. Nice. Hopefully it, does, hopefully it doesn't come next week when I'm not. Oh, I should start ordering some of mine now. should get some Shine Mascot as well. Yeah, you should, I, I was thinking actually of starting ordering the Furusato Noze stuff because la- last year I kind of decided to do it at the very last minute. So I had to order everything at once and then everything started coming at once. Uh, but I think once you know roughly how much you'll pay in your in your local tax, limit how much you spend, you can kind of order something a few weeks and get some nice stuff. Do you pay with card or what's there is there a system? Um I paid with card, but I, 
I think it depends on the site that you use. I use the site called Set of, okay. which kind of aggregates all of all, all of the different cities, quote unquote, gift. Okay. Which which is nice because you can also get the. Now, what about the uh, the drink? Is it as good as the Chine Muscats, the grapes that you've bought? Yeah, let me see. Should I shake this? It smells pretty good. Yeah, it tastes really good. Sweet, but not too sweet. Um, it's it's pretty thick, I guess, because it's smoothie and not. Yeah. And you, you can kind of taste the the Chine Muscat being kind of the flavor, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's got this subtle multi-vitamin juice flavor to it too. Um, yeah, and on, on the cover it says um, Autumn Limited Edition, no adage, and one day worth of vitamin. Oh, well, you're done for the day. Yeah, so so it's healthy, I guess. Tastes good. Let's give it nine out of ten. Okay. So how about you? What are you? I got this soda. This uh. Well, we we had to look at it beforehand. Uh, on the label, it says now she soda. I don't know what now she is. Maybe it's the brand or something. Yeah, it sounds like it's a brand of the the fruit or whatever. But the fruit is something called sudachi, and it's like a Japanese type of citrus that's from the Takushima Takushima prefecture. I don't know if I'm saying that with the American accent or Japanese accent. Probably the American <laughs> accent. Like Tsushima. a mix of the two. Yeah. So essentially, it's like a very sour citrus that's not used as um, fruit or eaten. But it's used as food flavoring in in the place of lemon or lime. Very fascinating to see, like you know, some countries have their own like species of fruit. Or, yeah. So yeah, I, think, I hope it's not. This. Yeah, I think this one looks like a looks like lime, right? At least kind of side. Yeah, green, uh, green lemons. You could say on the cover. A green orange. It, it seems like it's got a pretty thick. Let's see how it tastes. Hmm. I feel like maybe the soda is a little flat, <laughs> like is the carbon. Like not carbonated enough. Well, there was no fizz when I opened it. Like there was no pop. Uh, did you drop it beforehand? <laughs> no, I, no, I did not. Like if I dropped it beforehand, they would explode if I opened it. But it tastes like some sort of cousin of Sprite, but not too sweet. The Sprite mm-hmm. is pretty sweet. So to that, to that, I would say it's pretty good. Like I was expecting super sour based on the description that they have for the fruit, sudachi. Yeah. But it's not super sweet. Um, I would give it like an eight or a nine. Nice. Yeah, now you really mo- now you really made me with sp- Sprite. I haven't had it in ages to love it as a Sprite. Well, you can go uh, to the store. Don't they have it here or no? Actually, I'm not sure. It. I haven't seen it. I'm not sure. Maybe okay. they maybe they I don't think it's readily available. You can get one of these um lemon type of sodas, yeah. sparkling waters, and that's close enough. I'll, I'll go to Europe next time. Okay. All right. So drinks out of the day done. What are we talking about today? Yeah, so um, I think we're kind of going to go back to, to our origins and again, again talk about side hustles in, in general. And this time we're kind of going to look at it from the angle of um, side hustles being hard to start and yeah. what are the reasons and what are some of the things potentially do, um, what are the challenges that we faced? Because I think, um, at least myself, but I also, but I think both of us, um, we kind of went through a phase where we thought everybody should have a side hustle. Yeah. And then I think we kind of over time realized that it's maybe not as easy as it sounds. Maybe not everybody should have a side hustle or maybe not everybody should have a side hustle right right now, mm. right? So I think we'll kind of go through eight or nine of those reasons, maybe share some of our stories, share some of our solutions, and, and, and just kind of go over the fact that um, it, it's not as easy as it might sound, or as, yeah. as some courses may, make it sound, or better say some YouTube ads make it sound. Or some YouTubers and some yeah. uh, or entrepreneurship pushing Types of uh, influencers. Yeah, De- definitely not as easy as those people selling you a blueprint on how to make half a million dollars within a year. Kind of yeah. Ads or the people it. that post motivational quotes. Shout outs to them. Or, or, or that, yeah. So, um, yeah, of course they're important. Quotes are important. But at the end of the day, um, it's about how much time you put in and what you do. And yeah. sometimes it can be really hard to 
to actually start it. So, um, so what do you think is kind of the biggest or the first um, thing that's really hard about having to start a side hustle or about starting a side hustle? Of all the stuff that we have uh, listed, I'm not looking at the first entry as the hardest one. All right. I like that. So what should be the first one? The first one is uncertainty, in my opinion. And like, and the reason for that is like, you just, you don't know what you don't know. It's just like a giant question mark. It's like, it's like jumping off of a cliff to, to some extent, or it's like walking into a room without to being able to turn on the light. You don't know what's going on there. So, and then the, because there's a lot of uncertainty and mystery and lack of know-how involved that I think mentally, that's a very big hurdle to overcome. And I think that's where most people don't even get past it. Even if they start like putting in a little bit of work towards a side hustle. I think yeah. that will always and ultimately be the killer of um, side hustles. In my case, for example, I think, well, I was never like um, in the spirit of starting a side hustle before I actually started one. Maybe like I was in, like I was reading a lot about entrepreneurship back then, but like I didn't do it, right? I mean, I was reading all about it, but I didn't do it. And why didn't, why didn't I do it? Simple. It's because I, I didn't know what the, hell, what the hell there was involved in all of this. It's, it's just all a giant question mark. So like if someone wants to start like, a, for example, a YouTube channel or someone wants to start making music obviously if someone sits down and logically logically plans it out they can come up with like a series of steps but i don't think most people are like that and for them it's just a how do i for them it's just like a giant question mark how do i go from where i am here to where i my dreams are where i'd like to be and that's i think also with language learning it's similar it's like you have a kind of a fantasy of yourself speaking fluently and then tie it back to where you are now it's like you can't imagine a linear path. You have no idea what the steps are. It just, it's like, it's, it's black. It's like you're walking into a black, dark tunnel. You can't see anything and you don't know where to go. So I think that is the biggest um, hurdle of doing anything new. Even if it's like um, non-side hustle related, like fitness, you know, if you never went to the gym, it's a giant question mark for you because everything is a question mark. You, you're just not going to get too far into it. You'd be like, well, how much, how much time should I spend there? How much time should I spend on a machine? Should I do machine or weights? There's a lot of question marks in place that just, I think, are very dissuading. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And I, I'm glad you chose this one as, as the first one because I, I put it last in the list, but I think you're absolutely right that it's the most, um, it, it's the most important one because, again, I think it, it's the uncertainty that makes people, a, lo- a lot of people, kind of stop or give up before even before even trying yeah and i think and i think kind of the more conscious you are of what you're trying to do the more you feel the uncertainty and the harder it is to start like in my case for example um like when i started my aviation blog i wasn't i had no idea what i was doing right i was just just putting stuff out there and just sharing what i was flying on and so on and it kind of grew organically yeah so there wasn't really this this uncertainty because i was just doing kind of what i was enjoying and i wasn't even thinking about making money out of it or whatever i was i was just i was just doing my hobby but then when it comes to starting sites that i kind of start with the goal of actually um, having them make money and so on there's much more uncertainty in terms of oh am i choosing the right niche or am i choosing the right topics to write about and so on mm. and kind of in the past i would feel like oh should i be putting time into this when i don't know if i'll get the results back and i kind of got over that and i grew my second site and so on but now when i think of starting a new site it's usually more than about my time it's about the money that I actually put in. And I feel like that's kind of the next thing where it's like, oh, should I really be putting thousands of dollars into this before I even get a single dollar back? Yeah. And I think generally the answer is yes, if you know what you're doing. But at the same time, you still feel this uncertainty. You can put $20,000 into something and get nothing back if you do a bad job. I think the easiest example of this is think of something that's, um, well, a side hustle unrelated. It could be anything. Think of something that you should be doing, in my case, long 
term investing, <laughs> something that you should be doing that you've not done at all. And it's, but the thing is, it's a good, it's an important thing to do. It's a good thing to do. And people, more people should be doing, but you're not doing it. Think of that one or two or three or four, whatever it is, things that you've not, you've not been doing. And then I, I think I can, I don't know, I'm guessing here, but um, I'd like to imagine that the reason why you and I are not doing sad things is because just just a giant question mark. it's uncertainty you know again going back to fitness going back to health going back to dieting going back to um, anything that kind of i don't know it's, it's hard to do but yeah. is good for you yeah i think you're right because everything about as you know i started going to, to the gym and, and swim like a month ago yeah. and like up until that point I've, I've been thinking of going and um and swimming for the past two years ever since we moved here because there's a pool like 400 meters away from my house and there's another one at the station that i go to now mm -hmm. and i think one of the reasons was just like I say, just uncertainty, not knowing where to start or not knowing what to do or like, um, do I get to the po pool and will everybody stare at me or something? Of course yeah. not. But, <laughs> but, but there's these things that kind of go through your head and, and that kind of serve as a block. And the other thing is also, I think a lot of the other things that are on this list apply to, to pretty much anything and not just, um, not just side hustles. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so do you, do you agree? Is uncertainty number one or? I think so. And I think especially for people that are kind of starting their first side hustle, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you or I, we kind of have a pretty good idea of, all right, if we do this, it will result in this. So I think you have no, you have no trouble spending like hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars on articles because you know that probably your keywords are right. And probably if you do a good enough job, you're going to get the money back. Mm. But like if it's somebody's first time trying to do it, then I think there's a huge uncertainty. Yeah. And th that's why I think like, um, in a way, the type of side hustles that we're talking about here, where it's like either building a YouTube channel or building a, a blog or something, is in a way more difficult to start than something like freelancing, where you kind of know that if you get a freelancing job, let's say it's whatever, designing a logo, you're a designer and you want to start a designing side hustle. So you offer a logo for whatever, $100, let's say. You know that if you design that logo, then unless you do a really bad job, you will get that $100, right? Yeah. So I think that kind of eliminates part of the uncertainty. I think there's still a lot of uncertainty around it, but but at least you know that if you put in the work and you do a good job, you will get the money back. Yeah. Versus with something where you kind of have to wait for months until the feedback gets back to you, like with blogging or YouTube or podcasting or something. Um, or years. Or, or even years, yeah. Um, it's it's much more of an uncertain thing and much more of a difficult thing to kind of start and stick with i guess because starting it all is always easy like setting up wordpress and putting a blog post up is easy yeah but doing that hundred times while not seeing results that's very kind of difficult and mainly because of this uncertainty yeah all right so uh that's number one what do you think is the second one good second question. reason for why it's hard to start a side hustle? that's a good question um i think a bit related to the to the uncertainty part but i think it's people not knowing kind of where to start or not being able to pick a single direction and run with it or not being able to pick a niche and stick with it. That's a hard one. I yeah. think I agree with this one because it's like, you know, I think this is also an issue with many people that want to pick a hobby or something. They're like, well, what should I do? You know, everyone's like, one, everyone's picky about their time. Two, they want to do like, they want to go somewhere in the right direction or proper direction. So three, they end up being extremely picky with what they're going to choose. And so because they're being extremely picky, which to some extent is important, but I think, I don't know if it's important at the start, um, they end up really having a hard time making a choice. It's also like, it's also, I think, similar to like, you know, giving yourself a direction in life. A lot of people will be like, hmm, well, since it's my life, let me be careful about it and pick something worthwhile. <laughs> and it's going to be for me, I, I don't, I think for a, a no, large number of people, it's going to be a hard decision. Like, where would I, where should I take my life? I like X, Y, and Z, but I don't, 
think I want to devote my life to X and Y. And Z sounds good, but I don't know about Z. You know, it's like it's these really big questions that people are afraid to answer, answer or try to pursue. I, yeah. I feel like it kind of relates here. Yeah, and I and I feel it's connected to the uncertainty part because, again, in my mind, um, like for for example, with myself, I started many blocks before I kind of stumbled upon those that I stuck with, and I feel like the key was kind of just sticking with the process and throwing spaghetti at the wall, and yeah. kind of even even though I didn't necessarily stick with the blocks themselves, I kind of just just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it until I found the thing that I stuck with. But I feel like for for many, it's just the uncertainty of kind of. Like people want to have things planned out. Like they want to know again, and that's that's why I guess the the courses where it's like a blueprint to getting to five thousand dollars a month or whatever. I guess is why they sell because people want the blueprint and people want to know that if I take these ten steps, then at the end of ten steps, um, in my case, I'll smash my head into the door that's right in front of me, right? Yeah. But it, it's certain. And um, when you're doing something like a blog or something like a podcast. Um, it's never certain. So, so if you keep waiting for kind of the certain, um, for, for if you keep waiting for the moment where you think you're certain about what you're going to do and like these are the 10 steps and at the end of 10 steps, it's, it's happy ending. I feel like that can be a big um, kind of paralyzer to, your, to, to the side hustle because you will never, never get there. At, at least yeah. I, I don't think it's possible to be 100% it becomes, certain. It becomes analysis paralysis. You're trying to make the best possible choice. And I think it's also why um, with my newest site, before I started it, I kind of had it. I kind of wanted to start something new as well, but I could just could not decide on a topic. And I think I've sat on that idea for two years or something before yeah. it kind of came to me, which I think is a good example of um, how you know you can get stuck not taking action. Yeah, in a way, I mean, maybe in a way, a good idea will come to you later. But it, this is not a thing I like to bank on. I think if a good idea comes to me later, um, and I've spent like X amount of time not doing anything, I don't think that's the best approach. No, and I think that go that kind of goes back to long-term investing you were mentioning because it's, it's like saying, I won't invest now because I can only invest $100. I will invest later in 10 years when I can invest $500 a month. Yeah. But like those $100 that you kind of compound over those five years will probably beat those 500 Yeah. when it comes down to, again, if you're even if you're not 100% sure, being 90% sure about something and doing it is always better than being 100% sure but never getting there. Yeah. Never getting. So I, I think I definitely felt this like um, with the, at least with the newer site before I started it, I had that. I was thinking, you know, what other kind of site should I try out? I could do X, Y, or Z, but I don't like this. I don't like, I don't, I don't like the topic of finance. I don't like the topic, whatever. And it was just like a, it was a hard choice to make. Eventually some, you know, the one, the, the choice that I made is somewhat related to languages, but not, but I feel like it, it makes sense. Yeah. All right. So what's the third one? We just covered uh, not knowing where to start or picking a direction. All right. So, so yeah. So, so let's say you pick the direction and you kind of know what you want to do. Um, I think the other thing that kind of is a, is a hurdle is just the fact that it takes energy. It's like you, you, you have to put, put work into this thing. It's, it's not like, um, it's not like sitting back and watching your favorite TV show or something, right? It's, it's kind of a thing that you have to do actively. And I think, um, I, th I think I was a victim of this or I was guilty of this too. It's like, I know that I should be writing an article, but I better watch a YouTube video instead. Um, now, now I feel much less guilty about it mm. than I used to feel guilty about it. And I think, um, Why? I think re re because I think one, I think rest is important. Um, two, I think right now I'm lucky to be in a comfortable place where where, where that um, doesn't necessarily impact my income too much, but it kind of adds to the quality of life, I'd say. Okay. Um, but I think in, in the beginning, though, to, to build something, you always need to work pretty hard, I think. And again, by work pretty hard, um, that might mean you work hard at your regular job 
and then you work a bit on your, your side hustle or it could mean you work hard on both. But um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's pretty natural to kind of, instead of having, instead of sitting down and writing an article, just sitting down on your sofa and turning Netflix on. Yeah. Or playing Call of Duty Mobile, which is what I've been doing and <laughs> losing my hours into <laughs> Because the brain, you know, you know, our brains want easy things. And I think also in the case of someone with a full-time job that's also trying to do a side hustle, you know, like you said, it takes energy. So um, at the end of the day, you might just simply prefer to do something easier to put in more work. And I think that's a hurdle for many people too, I think, is why should I work more when I've already done work earlier today? I mean, there are reasons to do it, but like, I think it's very understandable why someone won't. Yeah, exactly. And I think that kind of comes back to to where we kind of turned around in terms of our thinking is maybe for, for many people, it's probably better and, and um, it's, it's, they're, they're probably happier just getting home from work and, and watching Netflix or playing with their kids or, or I don't know, building model planes or whatever their hobby might be. Yeah. So um, as, I think as long as, as long as they're happy with that, I think it's a good way to live too. Yeah, I agree. It definitely takes energy. And in, actually on the topic of energy, it's funny, like um, I do my stuff until like, like I'm writing articles or publishing stuff. And I usually, I end up working from like 11 to 2 a.m. So as you can see, this definitely taps into my next day, you know, feeling like crap at work. At times. <laughs> uh, obviously, I think I can just as easily just like put in only two hours and then two more hours the next day. Yeah. And all I have is just a difference of, I, I just published it one day later. And I don't think that would make much of a difference, but it definitely takes energy. You know, De- definitely sleepless, not sleepless nights, but definitely cuts into my sleep. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I know you always send me these links at times when I'm probably asleep <laughs> to, the, to the new articles that you published for your uh, yeah. monthly goals. Yeah, so, so I think definitely the, just the fact that it takes energy is, is something to keep in mind and something that might make you not start a side hustle. And unless you really want it, I think it's perfectly fine. Yeah. But what do you think should be the next one? Next one is lack of time. I think time is a big deal. Just as just as with the case of uh, energy, time is also a thing. Some people just don't have the time to do it. Again, if you're working a full-time job or if you have a schedule that's already kind of like filled up with, you know, work, social life, going out with friends, go, going to do certain hobbies, I think it would be much harder to take on something like a side hustle and um, make it something meaningful without some sacrifices. So that's why I always felt like for people that are already doing something that could be tied to a side hustle, like for example, if you're a trainer, fitness trainer, you can easily start posting videos of yourself, you know, doing workouts. Yeah. And just as easily you can start monetizing those things. You know, anyone, for example, blogging as a hobby, they can, it's a direct line into just turning into a side hustle. Whereas for someone who's like, you know, their hobby is just not hobby. I wouldn't say, you know, they like to spend their time with their friends and going out and drinking and partying. Nothing wrong with that. But because it's so far different and so far removed from what a side hustle is, um, I think yeah. it would be much more harder for them and also for them to give up on that social time, which is definitely understandable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's why it's kind of good if somebody starts their side hustle while they're in school or, or maybe while they're doing a part-time job or something. Yeah. Because I feel like once you have a full-time job that kind of takes away eight or 10 or if you add commute even 12, 13 hours of your day, then I think it's it's really hard to find the time. and. And I think it's a legit excuse to say, hey, I don't have time or I don't have energy. Obviously, you've been working for 13 hours. The last thing you want to do is work for another two. Yeah. Versus if you're at school and maybe you have like four classes in a day and you're done in four hours, five hours, and maybe you do your part-time job for four hours, you probably have still plenty of energy to to put in an hour or two into the side hustle. So um, so yeah, that, that's why I think the younger people that are perhaps still at school kind of have advantage over people that are. Mm. maybe um working full-time job have family and so on because all those things take time 
Yeah, and loaded with responsibilities. Yeah, I think exactly. It's a lot harder. Yeah, and and that's where kind of if if somebody just watching Netflix too much or partying too much or whatever, then I think that's not an excuse. But like if somebody's got a family and working for fourteen hours a day or something, then I think that's yeah. Well, you, you never know. Like people just want to spend more time with friends. That's another thing too. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what do you think would be the next one after time? Yeah, and I think since you mentioned the the friends and kind of wanting to spend time and and so on, um, I think just the fact that it's it's also different than what most people that did you know are doing probably because mm. I think still most people go to their go to school, get home, maybe do a part time job at the at the convenience store or something, um, teach English. Yeah. Um, I I think you're like it, it can be lonely in the beginning, right? Because you're kind of on your own and you're trying to do this thing where like maybe somebody invites you for for dinner or to go hang out or something and you have to say, hey, I'm gonna work on my blog hmm. i think it can be a bit different from what everybody else around you is doing yeah so, so that might be a or, or, or that can definitely be a hurdle i think and it, it would also be harder to stick with because you might realize oh it is kind of lonely and i have friends calling me out so between this and that i'm gonna go you know hang out with friends at least that's there i'm not alone type of thing yeah i can definitely see that being a thing yeah, I think so. Yeah, and and like also on the friend side, how many of your friends are actually doing side hustles and how many of them would understand what you're doing? I think a very little. I mean, they could respect it, but they wouldn't understand it. Yeah, exactly. And and again, it it might even feel weird to some of them, right? Oh, why are you doing this blog? And I think it, it might feel weird until you until it actually turns into into a proper business. And <laughs> and, and then you're like, oh, how did? <laughs> yeah. I think there was a time I was hanging out with friends and um, probably I shouldn't have done this, but I mentioned how much I made in a month with a blog and like their faces kind of changed. Um, <laughs> I was like, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Not not that I'm saying I'm making a lot, but it was just like, I guess. But like, I think like even a few, like, you know, even a hundred bucks or 200 bucks a month from a blog is pretty big considering the amount of work or effort that you put into. Because it's like, it's like a few phone bills. It's your gas bill, it's your electricity bill, it's your um, utilities bills just covered instantly. Yeah, and I think even ourselves, like when you kind of climb through, it's like you make your first 50 bucks and then you make 50 bucks consistently. Like, oh, wow, this is cool because it's actually not taking that much effort. Like making 100, 500, 2,000, whatever, 2,000. And um, again, I'm not saying it doesn't take effort, but compared to the time that you have to put in on kind of a regular basis, the fact that it kind of compounds can be... Yeah, it can be a bit surprising to to people that don't know how these things work. Yeah, so but I definitely agree why um, someone would stop doing it because if it's lonely, if there's like it's just you trying to hammer away at something, it would be it would be much easier if you're working with someone else. And I think that's also kind of hard. Yeah, you have to have like friends on the same level, or at least find um, community people on the same level and work together. Because I think with my first site, like uh, the Japanese one, yokodeki.com. Yeah. I was working on it with friends. And I think that was the easiest way to get started and get going. Because at that point, it's just like a group of us going, all right, what do we do next? And yeah. Just come up with ideas. Whereas if, if you're on your own, it, the dynamic is a lot different. Yeah. All right. So so what do you think is the next one? Hurdle. All right. So we covered time, energy, different to what people are are doing, not knowing where to start, uncertainty, probably distractions, um, I think is somewhat related to that. I think it also kind of goes into priorities and distractions. But I guess distractions is the next thing. Um, again, because it's, you're putting in work in our case, what we're um, <clears throat> researching topics, requesting topics from writers to write, doing doing the editing, doing the publishing. If it's someone like, you know, making designs, they're at their desk, uh, creating just, you know, various types of versions of whatever anything that all of this stuff requires work all of this requires time and all of this should be you know like and if you're doing this in your free time 
there's a lot of other things that are competing for attention, like Facebook, Netflix, Call <laughs> of Duty Mobile, <laughs> that, and they're a lot more easier and more, much more pleasant to do, which I think also makes this very hard. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a great one. And again, I think the, the classic examples are opening Facebook or Twitter or whatever when you have to, um, when you should be writing an article. I think in the case of when, when I was um, focusing a lot on my aviation blog, I think the thing that I kind of found distracting was when I should have been writing reviews of the flights that I've done in the past, for example. Okay. Um, it was easier and kind of more exciting in a way to, um, to actually be looking for which flights to take next. So like instead mm. of writing article in WordPress, I would have like Google Flights open or something. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, at, at the end of the day, like to make something successful, you need to g give it a certain amount of focus. And, um, and that can definitely be hard. Yeah. And um, like I, I would have Facebook Messenger open as I'm like writing and then I'll get sidelined and sidetracked for like 10 or 15 minutes. Or maybe go on a YouTube watching spree. I think it's very common. Like you have a document open in one window and you have YouTube open in another window. Yeah, definitely. And and kind of um, like the the one thing I realized about swimming is that like it's the only place where you're kind of free of all distractions. Okay. Oh yeah. Because like you get into the water and I have my I have my Apple Watch on my wrist, but that's about it. It's not connected to the internet. My phone's in the locker. It says like there's nothing that can distract me and like the only thing i can focus on is just swimming and breathing and enjoying the time in the pool yeah and i feel like that kind of state of pure focus is really hard to to achieve in anything else these days just because of all the distractions that are that are out there this is why i like the gym and any activity also improv um obviously you can't have your phone out any any of these activities where you have to be fully engaged and fully on and fu fully present i think are great and of course, it's hard if you have your phone nearby. Even at the gym, like you'll see people pull out their phone and start um, scrolling through Facebook or something between sets. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think gym's probably close to it. Although um, I don't go to the gym, I only go to the pool. I don't know, but um, the one time I went to the gym and kind of looked around when I signed up, um, like yeah, there were people watching TV while being on the mm. treadmill, or like people just having their phones with them. Yeah. But again, that's that's something you can't do with the pool, where. where um, yeah, it's it's really the only place I think where you can be completely offline nowadays. Or running, you could try something like running because obviously you can't run and scroll at at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that, that that might be another one because when you go for a walk, I think it's easy to take out your phone and kind of stop and, and focus on your phone. But um, yeah, maybe running. But yeah, I, I won't push it too far. I'll I'll try to stick with swimming for long enough because this is a solid habit. I, I can build on top of that. Okay. When I used to run, I I think that's. What I also liked about it, um, and it's funny because I say I used to it because I think gym kind of knocked that habit out because then running turned into gym and then I couldn't maintain both. <laughs> so I, <laughs> gym took over. But I, I used to really, really like running because, and I, I, you know, I can't, I couldn't even listen to music while running because for some reason it felt um, distracting or I don't know what it was. It was just, I couldn't handle it. But I guess I liked it because yeah. you're kind of there, present in the moment with your own thoughts actually there's not much thoughts except for i have to keep take the next step and take the next step and take the next step and regulate my breathing so it's it, yeah. it allows you to be very present in the moment and i guess that's why i kind of liked it back then um wish i could get get back into that habit but back then i was waking up at 6 30 in the morning what happened yuri <laughs> well maybe it's your goal for for october we'll see it's a, it's a big goal all right. So, yeah. So, so there's been distractions. Um, I think the other, the other thing that's kind of stopping people um, is feeling that they need real advanced equipment or feeling like they need to spend um, a lot of money on equipment or have the perfect camera, have the perfect microphone, have the perfect laptop before they can start this, their side hustle. Hmm. Um, 
and I think that's that's probably more of a hurdle with um with something like YouTube or podcast. Yeah. Because with, with blog, I don't think anybody can complain about the lack of equipment. Yeah, it's just you. If you have a computer and you have like ten bucks, or you could do a free blog at WordPress. Yeah, but um, but yeah, with something like YouTube or podcast, I feel like people feel the need to have a professional microphone or professional camera and spend thousands of dollars on on equipment. Mm. Whereas the 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 matter of the fact is that. Yeah, equipment matters, of course, but it doesn't matter as much when you're starting out as, as you think it matters. Mm. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you can still um, kind of build out the channel with your iPhone camera or with your building laptop mic, or you can put in 50 bucks and get a nicer mic. Um, but again, you, you don't need like a $5,000 studio equipment to get started with this. Has this ever stopped you, this reason? Personally, not really. Cause, but, but I think in, in my case, it's the, because like photography has been my hobby. So I had a decent camera all along. Okay. Mike, I just bought when I when I tried to start a podcast ages ago, and um, and then it sat in the in the drawer for for years until we started this podcast. So um, yeah, l- luckily I never found myself in that situation where the equipment would be the the reason or the excuse. Hmm. But I know that there's there's some people that feel the need to have everything perfect, and it kind of goes hmm. back to um feeling like you need to have everything perfect before you start um yeah but but yeah i, I think it's, it's it's a false assumption i feel like it, it was a case for me um after my a friend and i did like a skit and then he fell out and then i was like all right let me continue this on my own i think for a while i used technology as an excuse like oh, i need a better clip on mic <laughs> or something that didn't work off of amazon and then like oh of course i need a camera so yeah, I think for the time, that was also like a, a hurdle. I mean, I didn't go through with it ultimately, but it, it, while I was trying to go through with it, technology was an issue. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think out of the, the ones that we mentioned today, I think this one is one of the easier ones to overcome than, than all the others, because I think at some point you just got to realize that what you have in your pocket or on your desks is more than good enough to get started. With. Yeah. I, I You know, like money could also be um, a reason not to start a site. Also, maybe someone can't afford to invest in something now but i think you could still make little inroads towards it for free like again in the case of a blog you can get a free blog in the case of a youtube channel it's gonna suck but you can rely on your camera for now and your phone camera for now or maybe it won't suck as bad because camera phones have been improving with every model or so but still but i still i still think you can make little inroads and then hopefully later on you can upgrade yeah well if you have an iphone then, then you're perfectly fine and i think most phones have a decent enough camera to to do good enough videos nowadays um but yeah we, we have money or feeling like you need to spend a lot of money kind of as, as one of the reasons here is the next reason and um again I, I think this is kind of a misconception because like we were just talking about the equipment um chances are you already have the equipment um youtube channels free to start podcast free to start um blog i wouldn't start one on a free site because it's not worth it mm. essentially you start something and then you either have to um, start all over or whatever because it's not as easy to kind of migrate to a new domain and maintain the results so, yeah. so there um i mean again it's 50 bucks to get a hosting and in a domain maybe not even so um if you have it great if, if you don't have the 50 bucks to spare um, maybe get a part-time job and work for a weekend and and um or, or for however long it takes in and save those 50 bucks if you're serious about it um but but again most side hustles like this where it's where you don't have to buy a lot of inventory or anything um can be started for less than 50 bucks i think yeah all right what do you think is next i think the next one is the last one. Oh yes it is <laughs> curse of knowledge yeah and 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 that's that's another big one and that's the curse of knowledge where kind of you feel like you don't know enough or or you feel like whatever you write and put out there whatever video you make and put out there whatever podcast you make and put out there 
you feel like it's something that's really obvious or something that people already know or something that doesn't give any value to anyone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that can be a real, um, a, a real hurdle because again, yeah, it's true that what, what you put out, there's probably people that already know it. It's also true that it's probably already out there. But again, for um, if, if you take the example of SEO where people Google something and find you, then um, the fact that people are Googling it means that they don't know the answer, right? So if there's search volume, then then the curse of knowledge is kind of invalid because people searching for it means they're looking for the knowledge and they don't have the knowledge. So, um, so, so again, I think this is kind of a misconception too, where you feel like what you're putting out there is, is not valuable enough or, or like, um, have you had, have you had the curse of knowledge going on with you um, where you're just like going to research before you actually do anything? Yeah. I, I think that's the thing. Like if you do good keyword research, if you know how to do keyword research, then I think that kind of helps you push it to the side because if somebody's searching for it, it means somebody's looking for the answer, mm-hmm. but like it can feel weird, right? For example, like, um, on my aviation side, I think I have an article that's like economy versus business class or like, um, um, like flying for the first time and like a step-by-step guide. Like, hey, you get to the airport, you check in, you give your baggage and you go for the security and so on. It's like, if you've flown once, you definitely don't need it Yeah, type of stuff. But the article still gets nice traffic and like it gets a comment every now and then that's like, oh, thanks, this was really helpful and kind of helped me reduce my anxiety um, before flying. Or, or like I have a couple of articles that are like, is whatever airline safe to fly with? And again, mm. it's like in my mind, any airline that's flying is safe to fly with. Or it's it's about the same, right? Maybe one airline crashes a bit more than the other, but at the end of the day, the odds are like really small. Okay. But it's still like going through the reasons why it's safe and like it's been certified by this body and like it operates these types of aircraft and it had these accidents, but um, other airlines had accidents too and like whatever. Like giving somebody a, a step-by-step breakdown is, again, it's, it's helpful even though it seems kind of obvious. And um, yeah, and, and interestingly, those are some of the articles that get more comment on my side than, than many others where it's like, oh, thank you for kind of bringing the peace of mind to me where it's like, hmm. I don't feel afraid to fly with whatever it might be. What? Oh, well, the question is like, have you ever had this for yourself as in like, do, have you ever um, gone on a research or reading spree before doing something where you felt like you didn't know enough? Oh, I mean, that kind of research or reading spree. Um, yeah. You yourself personally with your side hustle. Well, I mean, I, I, I would, of course I would research articles before I write them, but, um, but I think, what I'm trying to say is a bit different. I think it's more about you feel like you have nothing more to add to a topic or you feel whatever okay. you put out there, even if you do the research, you feel like it's too obvious or you feel like it's already out there or like everybody knows it. Okay. So, so it's more of a, I, I guess it's more of a blog where you feel like you can't provide extra value by, by creating content. It almost sounds like imposter syndrome. Yeah. Because like when I read Curse of Knowledge, I, my imagination is, all right, someone wants to start a side hustle. So before they actually start a side hustle, they go and read about starting a side hustle and they listen to our podcast, they watch some YouTube videos and they're trying to, you know, like gain knowledge about it, but they spend so much time researching into it that they don't actually get much done or they take a long time to get started. Oh, no, 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 no. So, so the curse of knowledge is I think, I think a phenomenon where essentially you know something. So to you, it seems really obvious. So you feel like you can put it out there because it's really obvious. But a matter of fact is that actually a lot of people are searching for the information or a lot of people don't know the answer. Okay. So curse of knowledge is a cognitive bias when an individual who's communicating with other individuals assumes that they have the background knowledge to understand. Uh, in a classroom setting, teachers have a difficulty because they cannot put themselves in the position of a student. A knowledgeable professor might no longer remember the difficulties that a young student encounters when learning a new subject. So it's essentially you're trying to, ex- you are explaining things with, uh, I guess in the case of, I don't know, 
programming or math. You're explaining things with big words that your student body does not understand because they didn't learn enough to get up to those big words. Yeah, I think that that's one thing. But I think the, the other and more important part in, in blogging and in content creation is more the, like I was saying, for example, writing the article of flying for the first time, what to do. And it's like, okay. to me, like I, I used to fly tens of thousands of miles every year before the pandemic. And like to me, it seems really obvious. Like you go to, to you go to the check-in countries, you check in, you give your bag, you you get your boarding pass, blah blah blah, right? So so it's easy for me to go like, oh, everybody knows this, so there's no need to write this article. But actually, there's a lot of people that fly for the first time every day that actually need this this information. Okay. And like I, I feel like somebody can feel that way about anything. Oh, should I really be writing this article? Isn't it obvious? Should I really be writing that article? Isn't it obvious? Should I really be creating this video? Isn't it obvious? Mm-hmm. And that can kind of, it's, it's almost analysis paralysis like we were talking before. It's like you keep looking for the perfect topic that nobody knows nothing about. But again, there's no such topic. I guess it's, I don't know if I would call it the curse of knowledge because I feel like what I read in the other point, this this seems more like um, you're trying to not self-censor yourself, but you're trying to look for like some sort of silver bullet approach to your side hustle to come up with the best thing possible. And you're turning down, turning down simple ideas because you think you're not good enough where in reality there is, there are good enough. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think it, in my mind, it's an example of curse of knowledge, but there, there might be. But I still think also like researching stuff before you actually do it and spending too much time reading about things um, can also be a hurdle to getting started. Like, you know, you research how to start a how to start a podcast and what, and you keep watching about it and watching YouTube videos about people talking about podcasts and you never start one, but you keep watching and watching, and watching. And then like days pass, months pass, and you still don't have a podcast. I think that could be a thing. Yeah, but I, th- I think that's kind of related to the fact that it takes more energy to start something than to, to learn about starting something. Yeah. All right. So if you do want to start your side hustle and these nine reasons uh, are not enough to dissuade you, visit the show notes at sidehustlesandstuff.com forward slash e sixty and uh, check out the link there for Bluehost. Bluehost is a place where you can buy your own website and put your project out into the world. So visit the show notes, sidehustlesandstuff.com forward slash E64. This has been the Side Hustles and Stuff podcast with Keishi Neary. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week.